Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. It's great to have Aaron and Miranda back for a surprise visit, so uh, yeah, welcome, welcome back. And uh, yeah, uh, we had a great men's breakfast yesterday, um, and Doug Sprunt spoke, did a great job speaking. I say that because he is speaking next Sunday when we are in Cuba. He, he has spoken here before. And he always brings a good word, so I would encourage you to uh, be here for that. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about encountering God. Last week, we talked about encountering the love of God. If I could have one truth sink into your head and into your hearts, it's this. God loves you. God really loves you. In fact, he, he likes you. He's fond of you. He looks at you with eyes of compassion. He sees all that you've done, the good, the bad, the ugly. He says, yeah, I know. I love you. That's what he says about you. But I meet a lot of people who don't really believe that. The impression of people outside the church is God's either indifferent to them, some believe he's against them, when they think of God, the, the love of God is not the first thing that comes to the mind. Even in people inside the church believe in, in their minds that God loves them, but it's never filtered down to their hearts. Some take unanswered prayer or prayers that God hasn't said yes to as a sign that God doesn't love them, and they blame God. If I could have one truth sink into your heart, that God loves you. But for that to happen, we need to encounter God. What do you do with those people who don't know the love of God? Well, we've talked about in previous weeks, uh, you can't conjure up an encounter with God. Uh, what do you do with our friends and our neighbors who just can't see or experience the love that God has for them? You know somebody like that? Maybe it's a friend or a neighbor, someone you work with. Whatever happened in the past, they believe that, you know, they're not too sure about God, but they're not convinced of his love for them. Well, come to me with the story that was read in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. So Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful, the, called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. Don't know the name of this lame person. We know that every day his friends or his family carried him in. He, you know, but he's, he's just being carried in. It's three o'clock in the afternoon, so, but they were carrying him in, and it's, they carried him to this gate called Beautiful, there he would ask passerbys for money. It's not an easy job to beg for money. Uh, one of the assignments, I took a narrow leadership course, one of the assignments we had was uh, to go out on the street and beg for money. So a few friends and I went down to Rideau Street, downtown Ottawa. We dressed up and, and uh, yeah. Uh, so we sat for two hours on the street begging for money. Two hours later, I had collected a total of 
25 cents. <laughs> Apparently, I'm way underqualified to be a, a panhandler. I showed this picture to my previous church, and this old man comes up to me and says, Pastor, you look way too overfed to be a panhandler. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, back to our story. People would walk up to this lame man, and he would, as beggars did at the, at the time, say, alms, alms for the poor. People on their way to worship would give money, which is how he paid for his meager existence. Well, there was no social safety net, and this is how he survived. His position outside the, the gate called beautiful kind of symbolizes his life. Here was this lame beggar who couldn't get himself around in the shadow of a beautiful gate and shadow of beauty that seemed to elude his life. I wondered if you'd asked him, hey friend, does God love you? Do you know that God loves you? Day after day, Probably year after year, he came to the same place to beg. He, we know that he is a fixture at this gate. We know by verse 9 and 10 that was read a little earlier that, that when uh, he was healed, the uh, people recognized him. Hey, that's, that's the guy who's been sitting at the gate. That, that's, that's the one. He was there. He was a fixture at the gate. Let me give you a timeline on this. This passage probably took place about two months after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. You remember how Jesus had been ministering in Israel for three years, and he often ministered at the temple. And when they were arresting Jesus, Jesus says, well, every day I, I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. If you put this together, it means that this, that Jesus often passed by this lame beggar who was consistently sitting at the gate. I'm sure that this man had heard stories of Jesus, how he had healed the lame. I'm sure that he'd heard stories of this man of God who came with power. Uh, but every dime, Jesus passed him by. We don't like to think of Jesus passing anybody by, but... There was a lot of people in Jerusalem who weren't healed when Jesus was on earth. Why did Jesus pass this man by? I don't know. We don't know. It's a mystery. I, I don't know why God heals some people and not others. Don't know why God answers some prayers yes and not others. We don't know. And we have to trust when that happens to us and live in the middle of the mystery of I don't know. What, what do you think this disabled man thinks of Jesus? He passed me by. My guess is that he would not get the goodness of God. He would not get the love of God. He would not get that Jesus cares for him. I wonder how many of us are like that. We live in the shadow of 
the life we always wanted. But because of whatever, my marriage, my job, my education, my talent, my life, I can't do what I want to do. I can't seem to get to where I want to get. More than that, I've heard that Jesus, Jesus fixed other people's lives, but he didn't look at me. Seems like he cares for everyone else but me. Verse 1 says that Peter and John were going to the temple about 3 o'clock to pray. Peter and John had spent time with Jesus. They'd been taught by Jesus. They'd been witness to the miracles of Jesus. But it wasn't until after the resurrection that they started to get what Jesus was all about. They had been through the Passion Week when Jesus was arrested and crucified. They'd heard the crowds turn against Jesus. They were there when Jesus was arrested. And in the middle of this, Peter denied Jesus. Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. I don't know if you can put yourself in this post-crucifixion, pre-resurrection spot. But it's often a place where we have to travel through. Most of us travel through that sometime or other in our lives. Peter and John spent three years of their life traveling with Jesus. They'd lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, ate with Jesus, been taught by Jesus. Jesus was the center of their lives, and now he's gone. Sure, John felt abandoned. abandoned. It wasn't Jesus' fault. He was arrested arrested, crucified by the leaders, but whatever. Peter was worse. I've abandoned him, even though he said he wouldn't. When push came to shove, I denied him. Feeling abandoned by God or knowing that you've abandoned God, that's that post-crucifixion, pre-resurrection place. That's the dark night of the soul, there's a place where many of us journey through. It was Friday. And things were dark. It was Friday. But Sunday came. And that sense of being abandoned was replaced with wonder and joy and amazement. That sense of shame, that sense of abandonment was replaced by mission. Go feed my sheep, Jesus told Peter. But even then, they didn't fully get it. Yes, is it now that you're going to restore your own kingdom and overthrow those pesky Romans? And take your rightful place as king? Jesus says, I'm going to leave. I want you to wait and pray. You still don't get it. Jesus sent, ascended into heaven, and day after day they prayed, day after day they, they waited. You ever had to wait on God? It's not easy. What else do you do? But 10 days later, the day of Pentecost happened, they were filled with the Spirit, and they got it. And Peter preached this message of repentance and belief for forgiveness of sin, and they understood the kingdom of God. And now Peter and John are walking into the temple, and they see this man lame from, from birth, and this disabled man sees him and says, 
when Peter and John were about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Here are people who have been with Jesus. They've walked through that dark night of the soul. They've met the risen Christ. They've waited on the Lord. They have been filled by the Spirit. And listen what they're saying. Look at us. We don't have money, but we give you what we have. The, the man didn't encounter God's love directly. He encountered it through the people who had been with Jesus. And there are times in our lives when it seems extremely hard to connect with God. And in those times, the way we encounter the love of God is through the people of God. There are people who have encountered God and say, what I have, I give to you. If we are going to be the church where people encounter God, then part of what that means is to become people who are willing to give what they've received from God. I know a number of you have been in that post-crucifixion, pre-resurrection spot, and you've, you've come through a dark night of the soul. I know that you've met with the risen Christ. I know that you've spent time waiting on God, and God's Spirit is within you. What we need is for you to say to the people around you, what I have, I give to you. I've watched people who were so mired in grief that they could not see God. Words of funeral hung hollow. But one of these kinds of people came along, these post-resurrection people, and they gave the gift of their presence. And in doing so, they offered God's presence through them. What I have, I give to you. I've watched people who were so mired in darkness that they just, they couldn't reach out and pray for themselves. I've watched as other people have recognized and responded to God's prompting and prayed intensely that that person, for that person. It was the right thing at the right time and they encountered God through the prayers of others. What I have, I give to you. Seen in my own life where people doing practical acts of kindness and expressing the love of God, well, that was the way that I knew God loved me. They gave their time, their energy. They said, what I have, I give to you. And I encountered God's love. My first year of ministry was a really difficult year. I was a pastor of a very small church in Bruce Mines on the north shore of Lake Huron. Church was threatening to split. I was 22 years old, solo pastor, didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was single and I was going through both emotional and spiritual crises that threatened to take me out of ministry. 
Near the end of that first year, I, I hit bottom. I wondered where God was. I was wondering if God had abandoned me. I was wondering if I could keep on doing ministry. I was wondering, am I fit for ministry? Here I am preaching the love of God, and I just don't know the love of God. There was this older lady in the congregation. Her name was Gertrude Shaw. And one morning when I was particularly down, Mrs. Shaw came over to my place, and she said, I was praying about you, and I believe God told me to give you this. And she hands me this envelope and just says goodbye. In that envelope was $100. And that was a time when $100 meant a whole lot more than it does now. And the money was good. I was making not much. But the fact that God used her and her kindness spoke life into me in a way that I knew God hadn't abandoned me, that he was there with me. And it was something that encouraged me so much. What I have, I give to you. What is it that God has given to you that you could give to someone else to demonstrate God's love for them? Maybe you have a few bucks that you can go out to Coots Coffee with somebody. Just encourage them. Maybe you could write somebody a letter of encouragement. Maybe you could deliver a bag of groceries to someone who can't afford them. Maybe you could pray for someone and let them know that you are praying for them. Maybe you have a talent that someone needs but can't afford. Maybe you know someone who needs to hear the good news about Jesus. You're one of the few people who could actually speak into their life. Maybe you know someone who needs to be invited to church. Say, what I have, you may not have much, but what I have, I give to you. You might, may not think you have much to offer God. Remember, remember Moses in the desert? Remember the burning bush? God says, Moses, what's that in your hand? Well, it's a shepherd's staff, Lord. It's just a staff. It was just an ordinary shepherd's staff. But with that staff, God parted the Red Sea. With that staff, God brought water out of a rock. God has a way of taking ordinary things and doing extraordinary things, extraordinary work with it. What's that in your hand? Would you say, what I have, I give to you? Part of our calling as a church is to be where, a place where people encounter the love of God. My hope is that when we worship people, God will, people will encounter God, and they often do. People encounter the Spirit of God. I hope people to have this direct encounter with God, and we see that over and over again, but this also needs to be a place where people encounter God and his love through the people of God. 
You need to give people who say, what I have, I give to you. Verse 6. Peter said, don't have any gold or silver for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And Peter took the lame man by the right hand, he helped him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. The power of God healed him, and Peter helped him up, and the man jumped to his feet. Isn't that the way that God often works? The power of God ministered through a person who has walked with God in cooperation with the person who needs to encounter God. Isn't that how God often works? Now this person who Jesus walked by became a person who encountered Jesus through Peter and John. The Spirit of God was at work through them and they were will- because they were willing to say, what I have, I give to you. Are you willing to be God's person in that? Willing to be the kind of person who expresses God's love? Now, I'm not an apostle. Not many are. I don't have the power to command miracles like Peter and John did all the time. But I've noticed that God is willing to work through ordinary people. Often the power of God is ministered through a person who has walked with God in cooperation with the person who needs help from God. Maybe you've been through grief and can minister to a person walking through it. Maybe you've been through a particular kind of challenge and God brings another person with that challenge across your pathway. It's often, God often uses your experience to minister to others. I remember somebody talking to someone who lost someone and they couldn't pray. Said, I didn't know how to connect with God. I couldn't feel God's love for me. I wasn't even sure that God did love me but I experienced God's love through the love of others. People were there for me. Through that, I came to know that God was there for me. That's how God works, often. People encounter God through the people of God. So in your daily life, will your heart open up to the fact that you can say with Peter and John, what I have, I give to you. Let's pray. Lord, in this time, we remember what you've done for us. Lord, you brought us through dark valleys and hard times. You've been there. And so, Lord, I ask that you would make us people who are willing to spread your love to others by saying, what I have, I give to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.